Hello, roomies, and welcome back to another episode of Roomies Review the Movies. I'm Maria, and this is Lily, my uh, roommate from college who studied film, and then I also wrote uh, film and media reviews for like almost 20 years. And so we're going over movies the other has missed uh, for the past, or sometimes we just do what we want and review a new movie. So... <laughs> This week, it was my turn to choose a movie for Lindsay to view, and I chose 1985's Clue, which Lindsay had never seen before. <clears throat> so I'm excited to get into it. Clue's a cult classic. Uh, when it came out in 1985, we were like, what, one years old going on to? Uh, <laughs> so I only caught it on reruns on TV uh, much later course and I just thought it was hilarious um when it came out it it didn't do so well right like it made its budget back but only barely uh I'll, actually it didn't even really make its budget back so it was like 15 million to make and then it made 14.6 million mm. so you wow. know for a movie yeah. for a movie to be considered successful it needs to make three times its budget and so this was considered a flop <laughs> unfortunately which is uh it's kind of amazing because it had like a really great cast even for the time like not just looking back at it but even then you have it you have eileen brennan tim curry madeline khan christopher lloyd who would like get really famous later on thanks to back to the future uh, Michael McKeon, Martin Mull, leslie ann warren who i thought was susan sarandon the entire time i did too yeah. Yeah. And I was like, am I crazy? And I looked it up and they do look like exactly alike. They look mm -hmm. very, it was like, okay, okay. It wasn't just me. I'm not just being crazy. Um, but it was directed by Jonathan Lynn, who was also one of the writers on it. So it's John Landis and Jonathan Lynn, who, well, uh, John Landis had like a, a lot of comedy experience in his background and stuff like that, but he was too busy to direct. So he was like, let's let Jonathan do it. And it was like his first time, apparently. And, um, you know, he's basing this off a of board game, which was also a new concept at the time. We were like a movie on a board game. Like, what is that? You know, and um, there are also three endings to the movie. So when it was released, uh, the idea was that you would have to go see it multiple times at different theaters to see all three endings. Mm -hmm. And I guess that gimmick did not pay off, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, I think it's a cute idea. Uh, I don't think anybody's ever tried it again, though. Yeah, um, it is a cute idea. It's just, what if you go to see the ending at a theater and they're showing the same ending you've already seen? Well, I think yeah. they, I think they had like um, a way for you to not mix that up because it was like ending a b and c okay you know so i, I think they'll let you know this is ending a ending b and c depending on where you go okay yeah so I was hopefully like, you weren't just running into the same like, ending all the time <laughs> right right because i was just like like you can't give it away so how would you do that but yeah i guess i guess that's a yeah. good idea yeah. Ending a, b or c. 
And um, uh, I also made a little playlist, of course. I usually make a playlist after watching a movie just to like get some more perspective. So I shared that with Lindsay here. And the first one was by Renegade Cut and he goes through each ending. And he's like, which one makes the most sense? Were you able to finish that one? No. Oh, well, he goes through each ending and he's like, this one doesn't really work because of this reason. This one doesn't really work because of that reason. And basically, you can with the only like the most probable one to actually work is the first ending where you have Miss Scarlet and Yvette working together to make yeah. things happen. Because so much happens in the movie and you're not really privy to everything, you can't really solve it yourself. Right, right, right. right. <clears throat> Which is typically something I really, really hate when it comes to mysteries. Mm -hmm. But because this one is so much more of a comedy, kind of more of a screwball, wacky kind of comedy. I don't, I don't mind because I'm just having fun. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, the one with the, uh, the Senator's wife, mm -hmm. that one did not make sense at all. Yeah. No. And the last, the last one for me, like when they were like, this is the true ending. I was like, no, that doesn't work because mm -hmm. everything happens so closely together. Like, when would they have had the time and the opportunity for everyone to be a murderer? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. The first one is the one that works the best because you got someone on the inside, you know, basically helping the invitee to commit all these murders. Mm -hmm. And did you have a favorite murder in the, in the movie? No. No? No. <laughs> oh. I, I, was just, I was just like in for the, I was just enjoying the ride. Right. My favorite murder has got to be the singing telegram. Oh, the one um, that um, when they opened the door, she was dead. Yeah. No, yeah. when they opened the door, they opened the door. It's like after all the lights have been turned off, right? And we're seeing like the murderer go around like in these black gloves doing all this stuff, whatever. And in the middle of that, the doorbell rings and there is a woman, I am your singing telegram, you know. Which I remember being like kind of like a popular thing in like sitcoms and stuff in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. And um, it being kind of annoying, <laughs> people being annoyed by it and that kind of thing. Right? Mm -hmm. And so the murderer just shoots her. Like, just like <laughs> shoots her. Yeah. Um, and then also, what, another one of my favorite things is like the uh, inconsistencies, like in the scene setting. So, like, at one point, you know, the chandelier uh, falls and, like, glass is everywhere all over the ground, right? Mm -hmm. A couple minutes later, it's completely clean. The glass is gone. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, like, when they shoot the singing telegram, she falls to her death, like, right on the front, right? On the front porch. Uh, but a couple minutes later, her body's gone somehow. <laughs> like, she's yeah, not there. Right. Just like it ain't happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did that a couple of times. And then <clears throat> what was funny to me was when uh, they had the chef and they brought the chef to the room with the other body. Um, what's his name? Mr. Mr. Body. Body. Yeah. Mr. Body's body. And, Right, Mr. Body's body. And when they brought her in there, they just left her at the threshold of the of the room. Yes. And just and dropped, they were just walking over her. Walking <laughs> like, I was like, wait, what? So we just not gonna bring her in all the way. 
Like, what are we doing? <laughs> we left her in the doorway. Mm-hmm. So the movie takes place in 1954 with six strangers in New England being invited to this huge gothic mansion. They don't know why they're there. Uh, they don't know who each other are. Uh, of course, they use the names of the characters you would from Clue as their pseudonyms, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, Colonel Mustard, Miss Scarlet, Miss White, so on and so forth. Um, and they're all like trying to figure out why they're there, even though they're not supposed to. And they eventually figure out they all either work or live in Washington, D.C. So it's some kind of like government associated thing. And um, <laughs> they have this dinner scene where they they have soup for dinner. And uh, Miss White and uh, I think it was Colonel Mustard are like just sipping, like slurping the soup just the entire time. <laughs> and everybody's like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? And um, that gets taken away and they eventually get brought some kind of desserts or something. It looks like a dessert. It looks like just like whipped cream on a plate, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, and um, the politician's wife was like, oh, this is my favorite recipe. You know, later we find out that the cook used to work for her and all this other stuff. And then apparently the recipe was supposed to be monkey brains. And I was like, that was clearly whipped cream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't even need that shock value kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's fine. And um, oh, you were talking about, let's see, the guy who was, uh, oh, who ended up being, oh, in the third ending, he ended up working for the FBI. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and his, like, because everybody's here, they all have a kind of, some kind of secret. They're all being blackmailed, right? Mm-hmm. We find out we're all being, they're all being blackmailed by Mr. Body. His only secret is that he's a homosexual. Yeah. And he's like, I don't feel any shame about it, but, you know, I would lose my job if other people found out. Right. And, and you have a little homophobia around that. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's 1985, I guess. It could have been, yeah. I guess. Right. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, because that's what I was like. I was like, uh, yeah, what is like, cause, right? Because he's sitting next to Christopher Lloyd when he says that Christopher Lloyd looks horrified and gets up and moves. I'm like, please, right? No, I'm I sure don't. you are not his type, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, in the third ending where he's supposed to be the FBI agent, uh, he, he's the one who he called like all the cops, or whatever. Um, at the end, you know, he's like, they all did it. Arrest them all. He's like, the only thing is that I killed Mr. Body because Mr. Body was like gonna shoot him. Who you know, ended up being that the butler was Mr. Body the entire time that ending. Um, it's like rest them up, round them up, you know, get them out of here, whatever. I'm going home to sleep with my wife. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> Wait a minute. So off? Are you just trying to be funny now, or are you lying? No, no, he was trying to be funny. Because his yeah. secret was, like, all their secrets were true, you know, for mm-hmm. them. They never, you know, changed their secrets or anything like that. So that remained, like, true. The only thing that was different was, like, the endings. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was just like, that's a very heterosexual thing to say, I guess. Is that how you think? <laughs> okay. I'm going home to sleep with my wife. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I was just like, whoa, wait a minute here. Yeah. That was okay. so funny. Okay, I, I got it. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, did you have a favorite character in the movie? Um, I wouldn't say his character was my favorite, but mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed seeing him, and that was um, 
Martin Knowles character, uh, the Colonel. Yes. yes, I saw you said he was a little thick back in his, you know, when he was in yeah, his youth. Yeah, thick back then, yeah. Yeah. Because I'm so used to seeing him on Roseanne, you know. Mm. He's thin. That's oh, right, Roseanne. He was on Roseanne. He played he played their boss at that restaurant. Yeah, yeah, at the restaurant, and then he was like the manager at the diner that they owned. Mm-hmm. He was gay on there. He was. He, he was. Married. Yeah, he got married um, on there to. Um, shit, I forgot his name, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was yeah. also in Sabrina the Teenage Witch, um, but I knew him mostly from Roseanne. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right, so yeah, and he was he was a thin mint, but in um on Roseanne, and then yeah, I looked really? him up, and he's still a thin mint. So I was like, like he was, it wasn't like he wasn't recognizable, but it was oh, like, yeah. Whoa, very, yeah, your face is a little full, yeah. So, but uh, my favorite is definitely Miss Scarlet, uh-huh. who is played by Leslie Ann Warren, who I thought was Susan Sarandon the whole time, mm-hmm. um. Cause she's just she's just like very like upfront and very funny, right? Yeah. So when they're all being confronted with the things they're being blackmailed about, um, she's like, you know, uh, was oh no, because first you have Miss Peacock, who's the wife of the senator, mm-hmm. and she's like, I have nothing to hide. I don't know why I'm being blackmailed. You know, my life is an open book. You know, very convincing. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to Miss Scarlet. She's like, oh, no, I did what I'm being blackmailed for. <laughs> you know, whatever. Right. <laughs> and then you have Miss White, who's played by Madeline Kahn. I really loved her, too. Um, she was just kind of really funny, kind of goofy. And, like, uh, you know, they're talking about, well, your husbands have had mysterious deaths. Like, mm-hmm. you know. You know who she and, reminds me of? Um, Sally Field. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, it's her first husband. She's like, well, he was an illusionist. That's why he disappeared. And they're like, well, they never found him. He never reappeared. She's like, he was bad at his job. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And you end up learning how that she had like five husbands. Mm-hmm. She's like, well, you know, husbands should be like tissue, soft, strong, and disposable. <laughs> I mean, duh, right? Yeah, it was her thing. And uh, so I just thought they were, like, very funny. And she has that whole flames flames on the side of my face, just heaving, breathing. Because, like, in her ending, in one one of the alternate endings, she's the one who kills the main Yvette, right? Mm -hmm. Because Yvette was sleeping with her husband. Because Yvette was working with I almost said Susan Sarandon. I was working with Scarlett. Scarlett runs like an escort service in DC. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that's what she's like. I just saw her and she's like so mad. And uh, I also really liked Yvette's character. She was just funny. Like uh, everybody, everybody was into her cleavage. Right? Yeah. Everybody. <laughs> they were definitely on display. You know, and uh, with her with her French accent, that's what I agree. There was a lot of like non consensual touching. Yeah, and I was like, okay, yeah. well, somebody needs to get their fingers broken because 
<laughs> yeah, like when Mr. Body touched the um the maid's butt. In front of everybody, just put his hand all up her skirt. I was like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um the colonel kept touching um the Scarlet. Um, yeah. You know, and she I was like, really? <laughs> what was wrong with y'all? Yeah. What is this for? You know. Um <clears throat> yeah. It's I, I really enjoyed the movie. So it's a really honestly kind of complicated plot. You really have to watch it. And you probably have to watch it more than once. Um, yeah, but you know, honestly, um, Clue is kind of complicated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but yeah, that's exactly so, it. Because like they actually designed the movie, like the set of the movie to be like the board game, mm-hmm. including the secret passages Yeah, uh, that are in the board game. And I haven't played Clue in a long time. I really liked it, but it is a complicated game. Yeah, uh, he can go on for a while, but it's usually a lot of fun. <laughs> it's too complicated. Too complicated. I don't want to. I don't want to sit up here and read and try to figure out things mm-hmm. as far as I mean for entertainment for a board game. No, oh, it's fun. So much fun. Yeah, I like the mystery aspect of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get it, but mm-hmm. yeah. And then I've actually done um, like a murder mystery game in real life. And it was, it was a bunch of women just trying to run around, trying to figure out stuff. <laughs> yes, that's the mystery. And, yeah, but it was just too much to the point where we were just like, you know what, screw it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it just I I get to the point where I'm just like, you know what, forget it. I don't I don't care no more. Really? Yeah, I don't care about winning no more. So y'all can have at it, like. But oh. it was for this person's birthday, and it got to the point where she was like, "Forget it." So, yeah. So. Oh, I love to. I love to like figure it out and put the clues together and stuff like that. I think it's just it's so much fun to me. Yeah. So it, it's frustrating for me. So, yeah. Frustrating. I can understand that too. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so just like give the rundown of the plot that we had on Wikipedia here just so y'all can know what we're talking about in case you haven't seen Clue from 1985. So, you know, we have Colonel Mustard, Miss White, Mrs. Peacock, Mr. Green, Professor Plum, and Miss Scarlet. Right? And uh, Mr. Body, spelled with two Ds. And then we also have Wadsworth, who is the butler. And what does a butler do? He buttles. Yeah. So... <laughs> So they're all invited to this mansion. At first, you know, they uh, they have no idea where they're there. Wadsworth has all these like instructions on what they're supposed to do and when they're supposed to do it. And um, everybody's asking who's the host. And it seems like it's supposed to be, uh, you know, Mr. Body. Mr. Body shows up. He's very rude and crass and everything. And um, he's the first murder. Right. So mm-hmm. after he's murdered, they call the cops and they have like 45 minutes to arrive and because they're like on this really remote location with this mansion up the hill and everything um so while that's happening uh mr body gives everybody a weapon and you know in the box you got the you got the classic weapons you got you got the candlestick from miss scarlet knife from miss peacock a lead pipe from mr green the gun for professor plum and the rope from mrs white a wrench for colonel mustard 
And because the whole thing with Clue is, you know, so-and-so killed so-and-so with the blank in the such room, right? Mm-hmm. So they've got all the, the game elements involved here, uh, which is fun because now everybody has their has their everybody has a motive. Now everybody has a weapon, right? Mm-hmm. And we have nothing but time until the police are at. And eventually, like six people end up getting killed. Yeah, there's six murders. Um. So they're all they're all in the room with that, and Mister Body's like, you know what? Wadsworth seems to know everything. One of y'all should kill Wadsworth. And I'm just gonna turn out the lights and let it happen. And that's when somebody actually kills kills Mr. Body. Um, but we find out he wasn't actually dead, he was just pretending to be dead. So he ends up like dying twice. Mm-hmm. You know, and so everybody's like frantic and everything, and, and you know, of course, nobody wants to die, but nobody knows who the murderer is, so they don't really trust anybody. So the butler takes all the weapons and locks them up in a cabinet. And throws the key, you know, outside somewhere. Um, the first time he tries to throw the key out, we there's actually somebody at the door, and it's this motorist who's like stranded somehow. Later on, you see his car is like on the curb, like way up on the curb, like it's very oddly placed. Yeah. Um, also, this place is like way out of the way. <laughs> like you just happen to break down here and walk all the way up to this house, but whatever. And he's like, you know, my car is broken down, whatever. Uh, can I use your phone? And uh, my first thing was like, no. <laughs> like, as a kid, everything was like stranger danger. Like, somebody comes to your house asking his phone? Nah. Yeah. You can decide and I'll bring a phone to you. You cannot right. <laughs> You can't come inside right. the house, though. So, he's on the phone in, um, you know what, they put, them, they put him in some room. I, I can't remember which one, but uh, he's on the phone and they're all going through the house and all this stuff. And he's talking to somebody and, you know, the lights go out, you know, at one point and we see there's a secret passageway to the room that he's in. It opens up and the killer gets. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So now we have another body. Right. <laughs> in, the meantime, in the meantime, not only is Mr. Body dead, this motorist is dead. Somebody has killed the cook for some reason. <laughs> Right. Just yeah. random. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, dang, she was just doing her job. Right. Like, uh, uh, I don't like the duck stat. Right. Where the monkey brain's not to your liking. Like, right. <laughs> um, and also, like, they put her in, like, the refrigerator. <laughs> I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Right. This poor woman. You know, and then later on, like you were saying, they just drag her body over the threshold and just like leave her there. <laughs> I was just like, what is it like for this actress? Just like just <laughs> right now. Man, do you think I don't think that they I mean, do you think that they use a, a real body when they dragged her? Well, I don't know about the dragging part, but like when she's left in the doorway, you know, for sure, yes. I think so, yeah. Yeah. When they're trying to lift her onto the couch and everything. Yeah, yeah, now that part, yeah, that was a real body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, and then they like they dropped her head first on the threshold, too. I was like, oh, god, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so <clears throat> while all this is going on, they're trying to figure out, you know, who, who's in the mansion, who's in the killer. They all split up, 
right, into pairs to go investigate. And that's when you find like a lot of secret passages and stuff like that. Uh, and while they're doing that, a police officer like finds the car, the abandoned car, and takes it upon himself to go to the to mansion to ask if like the motorist is there. Which is so active for a police officer, I wouldn't. <laughs> you know, you know, they're they're it, doing it. Especially because later on he says he's not even on duty. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. So you just driving around, right, on this secluded road? Yeah. Right. And uh, in one of the endings, the first ending in particular, where it's Miss Scarlet and Miss and Yvette working together, uh, the cop is also on Miss Scarlet's payroll, and she had called him to come up. So. I was like, oh, okay, well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, like the a whole ending with Miss Scarlet and Yvette is like the best one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so he comes in there. He's they have to like figure out which room to put him in that doesn't have a dead body. So, <laughs> so they eventually put him in the library, I believe, and like they bring a phone to him so he can make a phone call. And it turns out like um uh you know, he, he oh he also ends up dead, of course. Yeah, right. And then after that, black guy in the whole movie. The only black guy in the whole movie. But I was like, at least he didn't die first, I guess. Excuse me. Yes, he did not die first, but it took I almost guess. an hour for him to yeah. even appear. Yes. So. Yeah. No, Whatever, but it's yeah. We blow some. <laughs> So. <laughs> oh my goodness! He is a cop on the payroll, trying to extort some, trying to extort a small business owner, though. <laughs> this Scarlet. So after after he's dead, and they've shot the singing telegram girl. Uh, they get a call that Mister uh, that Wadsworth takes alone. Turns out it's J. Edgar Hoover calling, right? Because in some endings, Wadsworth is actually the FBI agent. So he's taking the call from J. Edgar Hoover because he's that important high up in the FBI. Right. And then in the last ending, um, it's uh, name Michael Keane is Mr. Green. Michael McKean is Mr. Green. He's the one who's the FBI agent. So the call was supposed to be for him. So that's why we have that there. Which I was okay. Because he wasn't really doing too much in the movie. I do like him being the FBI agent mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like uh, Wadsworth. I, like, I think that works out pretty well. Um, but the rest of that ending doesn't. It just doesn't make sense that everybody could be a killer without anybody else knowing. Right, right. Right. I think I think that I think that most definitely wouldn't work. Yeah. So Wadsworth and the others regroup when the electricity turns back on. He says who the, he says he knows who the murderer is, and so he recreates the night's events by like running from room to room, <laughs> and like uh, it's just so great because he's got so much energy. Yeah, during this, and he's and like, they was running with him for the first like one for the first room, first two rooms, and then they was yeah. like, oh, no, we're not going. <laughs> I'm just gonna wait here till you tell me what it is. <laughs> Cause he's like reenacting everything and it's, mm-hmm. and it's great because that could be really tedious and boring. Cause it's like, yeah, we've seen this before we were mm-hmm. there, you know, but right. thanks to his energy and everything, it's more entertaining. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, 
he explains that the five victims were Mr. Body's informants because Mr. Body was gathering this information to blackmail these people. And each has a connection to one of the guests. The cook used to be uh, Mrs. Peacock's cook because she likes the monkey brains, mm-hmm. apparently. Uh, which, how did you get that anyway? In this country, in New England in 1954, I don't know. Uh, the cop was being bribed by Miss Scarlet, which we talked about. The motorist was actually Colonel Mustard's driver during World War II. And Colonel Mustard had, was like, because uh, at one point, Wadsworth mentioned that Colonel Mustard is driving a really nice car, you know, on a colonel's salary. And he's like, oh, my mommy and daddy died during the war. That's how I got all the money. Turns out he was actually a war profiteer selling radios to the enemy to make all this money. That's how he got all his money. Yeah. And he was like, well, I didn't kill anybody. He was like, yes, you did. Like, pretty directly. You got people killed, my guy. <laughs> yeah. If it weren't for you. Like, right. You know. pretty bad. <laughs> you know, Yvette was one of Scarlett's, Scarlett's uh, employees, which we, which we know, who had an affair with Mrs. White's husband, which is why she killed him, although she's being blackmailed for. The scene telegram was actually a, the patient of Professor Plum, who he had an affair with. And I was like, yeah. Because he's supposed to be like a psychiatrist, kind of, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, he says he has, you know, some knowledge about it, but it it's not really specified. But that's pretty much what it is. And that's just so gross. It's so unethical to have an affair yeah. with one of your patients. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's so many yeah. things. <laughs> and I mean, they're all being blackmailed for good reasons, uh, except for Mr. Green. Um, and while they're all doing this, there's like another knock at the door. Well, a doorbell, right? Somebody at the door. And it's this guy who's like, uh, let me tell you about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's like, what? <laughs> Not only is it a dark and stormy night, you're also in a very secluded place. This is not mm-hmm. typically when these things happen. Right. Um, and everybody's like, what? Did he just slam the door in his face? <laughs> We have like, so many more things going on right now. We cannot. We cannot deal with another interruption. Right. right. So they have three different endings for the movie when you watch it. They have how it might have happened, which is the first one. Right? And so this is the one where Yvette murdered the cook with the knife. Right? And the knife had belonged to Mrs. Peacock. And so she got the knife while everybody was in the study, like frantic over Mr. Body's body and uh, killed the cook. Right. And then uh, she also, once, once they left the room and Mr. Body was still there, he was still alive because he was faking to be dead. She killed him with a candlestick and like stuck him in a closet. Right. <laughs> Cause he later like uh, Miss Peacock later opens it and like he falls on her. Mm-hmm. She's, she does a lot of screaming in this movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> and that was on orders from Miss Scarlet, you know, because she doesn't want to be blackmailed anymore. Mm-hmm. And then Miss Scarlet killed Yvette to get rid of her loose ends, right? Mm-hmm. And she says, you know, she's planning on selling all of their secrets, you know, uh, to foreign powers or whatever. And she's trying to, she's going to shoot Wadsworth, you know, who had figured it out. And uh, he's like, there are no more bullets in the gun. She's like, what do you mean? He's like, you did two here, two there, one here and one there. That's six bullets. And, you know, but they go through this whole math thing. That's one plus one plus two plus two. And she's like, no, it's two plus two plus one. And like, they're going back and forth. And it's just like, I don't even know what are numbers. Right. Right. 
Right. Yeah, I tweeted about that one. I was just like, oh, God. Oh, yeah, God. I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> Right. And it's simple numbers, but they keep going back and forth so quickly. You're like, huh? <laughs> so is, she, is they're going, they're they're bickering over this, whatever. Uh, he like twists her arm behind her back and the cops break into the place and everything. And uh, it, we find out that the evangelist, the guy who was at the door, like, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, dude, is actually like the chief of police or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he congratulates Wadsworth, you know, because this is the one where Wadsworth is the undercover FBI agent. And so the call from Jake or who was from him. And uh, Wadsworth, who thinks that the gun is empty, tries to, like, display the fact to Mrs. Scarlet, I guess, because he just wants to dig it in more, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was actually a bullet remaining when he accidentally shoots the chandelier. <laughs> And she's like, I was right. <laughs> like, I could have killed you this whole time, you know. And the chandelier falls, and it almost gets Colonel Mustard, but it doesn't. Which yeah. would have been the second chandelier to fall. And almost hit um, him. And the, mm-hmm. right. And so the second ending is called "How About This." Right. <laughs> <laughs> so in this ending, it's Mrs. Peacock who killed everybody because she's taking bribes from foreign powers. Uh, she's holding like everybody at gunpoint and so they're like let's just take all the bodies put them in the basement we'll leave one by one right we don't tell anybody about it she's like cool i'm leaving first and that's when she's got the gun right and she's like backing out of the place and the police the police uh oh right the evangelist is actually outdoors when she opens the door the guy's like oh hey what about jesus and she's like, what? And so the police actually like run into the place then and arrest her. And, um, you know, uh, and Wadsworth is this one, is still an FBI agent <laughs> who was sent to investigate her. And then when she's arrested, he's like, you know, anybody want dessert? Right. <laughs> like, okay. And then so they have the last ending call, here's what really happened, which is the ending that doesn't really work as well. So we have Professor Plum missed Mr. Body with a revolver, but later killed him in the hall with a candlestick. Mrs. Peacock stabbed the cook in the kitchen with a knife. Colonel Mustard bludgeoned the motorist with a wrench in the lounge. Mrs. White throttled Yvette in the billiards room with a rope out of jealousy and hatred for her husband's affair. Um, Mrs. White, oh, oh right, who she also killed, right? <laughs> Uh, Miss Scarlet clubbed the cop in the library with a lead pipe. Uh, Mr. Green is suspected of shooting the same telegram girl, but he's like, I didn't do it. The revolver is missing. Whoever has it is the one who shot her. Wadsworth draws Professor Plum's revolver that he and reveals that he shot the same telegram girl and uh, that he is the real Mr. Body. And when Professor Plum asks who, who, who he really shot, Mr. Body states that it was the expendable butler. So in this one, Mr. Body is actually Wadsworth. And the guy who's playing Mr. Body, like in the beginning, is actually the butler. So they had like switched roles mm. for this. Mm. Right. It's like, oh gosh, how much more do we need to do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so with the with the with the informants and the you know the spies disposed of for all of his blackmailing, Mr. Body plans to continue blackmailing the guests personally, right? So no more middlemen. Right, and um, that is until Mr. Green draws another revolver, kills Mr. Body, 
And he's like, oh, that's a good shot, Mr. Green. A very good shot. Like, it's a very dramatic death, mm-hmm. uh, which is just, it's, I just laughed. It's, it's funny to me. So he reveals Mr. Green is the FBI agent. A call for Hoover was from him. He opens the door and all the agents run in and everything. Um, the police chief asks who did it. And the other guests begin pointing at each other because everybody did it. Right. And Mr. Green clarifies they're all responsible. And then he says that he was the one who killed Mr. Body in the hall with the revolver, which is what you would do if you're solving Clue, right? Mm-hmm. And after being patted on the shoulder by the police chief, he declares, okay, take him away. I'm going to go home to sleep with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> just like, I just laughed so hard that day. But I really enjoyed the movie. Um, mm-hmm. There was there was talks, like, uh, I want to say in like 2009, 2018, about like... Uh, making another one mm-hmm. uh, with Ryan Reynolds, uh, which I would be interested in seeing. Yeah. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. And then, um, uh, but, the, you know, I don't know what happened to that. I guess it just kind of peter out, and then we have pandemic and everything, so who knows? Maybe later. But um, Carrie Fisher was at first supposed to be the one to play Miss Scarlet, um, but she had to go to rehab for her drug and alcohol addiction, so she couldn't really do it at the time. Yeah, priorities. Priorities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, instead of Tim Curry, they were going to do Rowan Atkinson, who, pl- who plays Mr. Bean. No, nah, I like Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, I like Tim Curry, too. I, I'm, I'd be interested to see what Rowan Atkinson would do, uh, but I like Tim Curry in this as well. Yeah. And, like, all of it was... All of this was filmed on a set, except for the ballroom, because there's a you know they're they're exploring the house to see who's there. If they can find the murderer, and so they eventually get to the ballroom, and Miss um, I don't know Miss Scarlet thinks there's somebody hiding like by the window or whatever. Mm-hmm. That was in like somebody's house in Pasadena for some reason. <laughs> I was like, okay, sure, why not? Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so when it was released in uh, 1985 and, like, they had the three endings, it would be, like, theaters would also announce which ending the viewer would see, so you don't waste your money. Good. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because that, that one was, like, yeah. I would be mad. <laughs> I would be very mad if I saw the same ending twice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why did you choose this movie? I chose this movie because I find it very funny, uh, entertaining. Um, I like the whole idea of the three different endings. Um, uh, I feel like they take a lot of like really cool risks with this. Unfortunately, it didn't pay off at the time, um, but it has paid off later. Like because particularly like when it comes to like internet culture, mm-hmm. like doing memes and gifs and stuff. You there, there's quite a few pulled from this movie that I see, particularly when it comes with Madeline. She's like flames on the side of my face. I've seen that a lot. Um, I've heard people quoted a lot. Um, so I really love um, the whole idea of like cult classics of things that came out were not successful at the time, but found an audience later and greater popularity. Yeah. Um, because even though they're, it's like they're made ahead of their time almost, you know. Mm-hmm. For whatever reason, they're not appreciated then, but they're appreciated later. What changes in the culture to make that happen? Stuff like that. But that's why I chose this movie. 
because of the whole, you know, cult classic, different endings. It's very funny. It's got a great cast. I think it has really good rewatchability. Yeah. You know. I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to the point where, like, you know, Knives Out and Glass yeah. Onion, like, they definitely have a little bit of this flavor in there. Mm-hmm. So I just, uh, and I just, I, I watched Glass Onion twice. Just, it's really good. I still haven't watched it yet. <laughs> it's, 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 I'm waiting so I can just, uh, you know, sit down and focus because, you know, I work a lot. So sometimes I watch movies while I'm working. And mm-hmm. I, that's not one I want to watch while I'm working. Well, I mean, the thing about it is they're going to tell you what happened and how it happened. So you don't have to, like, really focus too hard. You know? Um, yeah. No, you can go back and watch it again and see like the stuff they're talking about, but they're going to tell you. And the thing is, the thing that I like about Glass Onion in particular is because you can see all the things that they talk about that lead to the conclusion. So you can like figure it out yourself, but you don't have to. You just watch it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I might just go ahead and watch it. So what did you think of this movie, Lindsay, for your first viewing? Oh, excuse me. Um, I liked it. Uh, I thought it, I thought it was entertaining. You know, um, it wasn't <clears throat> it wasn't too much laugh out loud comedy. I think that's because the um, the slapstick of it all, like mm-hmm. that's not funny anymore, and it's not because they're doing it incorrectly or anything like that. It, I think it's mm-hmm. because we've gotten so saturated. Especially at our big age, you know, <laughs> like it's not it just isn't like popular as it used to be. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. So it wasn't. Well, it wasn't like too many <clears throat> laugh out loud moments for me, but mm-hmm. it was entertaining. It kept my interest. So. Yeah. Did you try to figure out who the murderer was? No, no, because I knew we was gonna find out eventually. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't try to figure it out. Okay. Yeah. Did you did you have any like previous knowledge of the film or had you heard about it before? Or? Um, the only thing I knew about it prior to was that it was um based off the um the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I didn't know who was in it outside of Tim Curry. I didn't know who was in it or anything like that. So yeah. So that's why I was like. Like pleasantly surprised to see Bar- Martin Martin Mall. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, were you surprised to hear that it was such a like a flop? Like people like. For as popular as the board game is, yeah. Hmm? I said for as popular as the board game is, yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. yeah. They thought yeah. it was not engaging. They thought it was a bit of a drag. Um, they thought it wasn't that funny. There were too many characters. It didn't really feel like it was going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought it was really enjoyable. Yeah. You know, and it's it's rated PG. So it's probably, you know, maybe they're just, I don't know, out of the age range to appreciate it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and they probably kept it at a PG right because of the board game, you know. Exactly, a PG rating because of the board game. There's there's not really much blood at all or anything like that. Right, I think Mr. Body's the only time I saw blood. Mm-hmm. Like, you had a couple of drops from the chef. But, yeah. Yeah. 
but you didn't see anybody get killed. No, you didn't. Except for Mr. Body in that one ending. Yeah, right, right, right. Wadsworth, Mr. Body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so let's talk about our rating system, Lindsay. What do we got? Yes. Uh, so our rating system is one movie real trash AF, two it exists, three entertaining, four great, five a true classic. What say you? I would give it a four. A four. Okay. Because it has had such long legs, right? And it truly, it took some really kind of inventive risks, which I thought I I really appreciate, Mm -hmm. uh, even though it didn't pay off for them then. I think it has great, like if they wanted to like uh, remake it, they could totally do it. Um, Even as a series, right? Where you would like go into each character's background kind of thing. You Mm -hmm. can do it like that. You could make it more serious or you could keep it funny. Yeah. Um, so it has great plasticity in that way. Um, to the point where people are talking about making remakes in 2019. And it came out in 1985 and flopped. Yeah. So I think that's pretty powerful that people will be like, no, 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 let's remake this. This was actually really good. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And because of all the like plasticity that it has, you could remake it and still uh, make it something fresh, right? And not feel like you're just trying to retread old things because the IP attached to it, right? You have so many different characters. You can do so much with it. So I give it a four for that. I still laugh at some of these things. Like, so. Yeah. It's not even particularly nostalgic for me, but I just really like the movie. Mm -hmm. So how old were you when you first saw it? I don't even know. I was a kid. You are okay. So like maybe like nine or ten. Okay. Okay, gotcha. Um <clears throat> I gave it a three. Um mm-hmm. it, it is entertaining. It is entertaining, yeah. Yeah, but um well like I said before, like it wasn't it was for me it wasn't laughed out loud funny or anything like that. But no, you never laughed out loud once? Mm-mm. Oh man. No. Okay. Um, but it was it was um attention grabbing and it was entertaining. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, oh my God, why did she pick this? Like, it wasn't nothing like that. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, glad. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, it was definitely entertaining for me. Um, but I do, I do agree with you. Like, they can take this um, and go so many different directions with this. Mm-hmm. Um, it can live on for a really long time if they if they do it right. You know. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, I can definitely see it being. Uh, um, a serious series and um, them trying to solve one murder a season. Mm-hmm. You know, I could definitely see that. Um, and then, or have like every season just a new set of characters all together. You know, oh, you can't have a new set of characters though, because it's got to be, you know, the original six. Well, you know, it doesn't really have to be the original six. Because um, you could just take the basis of Clue and just go so many different directions with it. That's that's one of what's that's a direction in itself. Just every true, whole but thing. then it's a different yeah. murder mystery, right? Yeah, yeah. Even though you, even though the concept will still be the same mm-hmm. from the board game, whatever you're taking it to a whole different 
type of thing because you'll get bored with the same people every season. Trying to like why? Oh, I was thinking more of like a, a limited series. Yeah. Yeah, but I can I can see it having longevity as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Do you have any idea who you might like to see in it? No, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, like I like if it's a series, I would like to see um, some new characters, some new actors. Mm-hmm. I think that would be dope to get some new actors. Yeah, I would. Um, have you seen A League of Their Own, the series? No, that's so good. Yeah, uh, but I I really like what they did there. Is they have new actors. Uh-huh. Um, but they also have the actors from the movie come in and like do little bit parts too. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because I absolutely love the movie. The the series is is so good. It's yeah. really, I would highly encourage anybody to watch it. Definitely one of the best shows that came out last year. Okay. What was it on? It's on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Yeah, I might have to check that out too. Put that on the list. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so. <clears throat> so what have you chosen for me for next week? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I have chosen um, The Great White Hype. The Great White Hype? Yes. That, Is that, that a basketball movie? No, it's a boxing movie. It has Samuel L. Jackson and it has Damon Wayans in it. Mm-hmm. It came out in the 90s. Mm-hmm. It's on Stars. And um, it's it, it's kind of a playoff of the, uh, the Great White Hope. Yes, I know about that guy. Yeah. Well, I know about Jack Johnson. Right, right, right. Right. So, um, but yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> I I enjoyed it so yeah, um, and then the soundtrack as well. The soundtrack was good. Um, of course, Bone is on the soundtrack, so yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but outside of Bone being on the soundtrack, it's a I believe it's a really good movie. So mm-hmm. okay, I would be uh, curious to hear your thoughts on it. Next week. The Great White Hype. All right. Yes. Yep. So. Um, Maria, where can we find? Oh yeah, if you want to find me on the internet, I'm on uh, social medias at Valar More Dollars. That's V A L A R M O R Dollars, because all men must pay. And you can also hear me on the podcast called Nerdgasm Noir, where it's five to six black women talking about needy and <laughs> geeky and nerdy things. I keep trying to make it one word. Uh, <laughs> So you can join us over there. Where can they find you, Lindsay? Um, you can find me on all socials at L underscore Rennell. That's L underscore R-A-N-E-L-L-E. And you can also find me on my other podcast, The Ish We Talk, where we talk about a um, variety of different topics weekly. What you talk about this week? We talked about some silly stuff, uh, um, <laughs> but um, one thing that we did talk about was uh, Blueface and Krishan. They did an interview a few days ago at the Sharp, 
um, tank that's on mm-hmm. No Jumper podcast, and um, and then also she also revealed that she's pregnant. So yeah, um, I really don't even know who these people are, but I've been seeing people talk about them. You know, yeah, yeah, it it's a hot ass mess. Um, Blueface is a rapper, mm-hmm. and um, he had he had one big hit a few years ago. Um, Tatiana, uh, bust mm-hmm. down. Yeah. And and on the remix he had Cardi B, and um, he's pretty popular because a lot of people didn't like him because of the fact that he raps off beat. Yeah, I can imagine how that could put people off. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so he, um, I want to say it was either at the beginning of the pandemic or in the first few months or whatever. But um, he had a OnlyFans show which people didn't really have only fan shows but um it was called um blue girls club so um yeah like several um women staying in a house you know kind of like the bad girls club whatever one of the chicks was krishan and was like a dating show was it a date i don't know because i didn't watch it so i don't know if it was necessarily a dating show or they were just there but um yeah one of the chicks was Krishan. they ended up um being together and she's crazy um oh yeah she has a lot of men- like she has has a lot of undiagnosed mental issues um mm. and she just and, and she's violent and she she fights they fight each other. Oh. Yeah. And, you know, he, I mean, when you're in a, when you're in a, a situation, it's usually like people usually um, gravitate towards the female and make them the victim and make the villain the man. Um, And which this is no different, but also, it sometimes it turns out that the man is actually the victim, and it's that's what it's looking like that he's actually the victim. Um, because they're the, the whole situation is just terrible. Like, yeah, I don't know really anything about it, but I do know when you're in an abuse situation and people are like, oh, they're just abusive toward each other, that's typically not the case, it's usually the abuser introducing the violence and then the other person like defending themselves pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what that's what um, it's looking like because they also have a reality show on Zeus, and that's what it's looking like. It is that mm-hmm. he he gets hit and he defends himself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, this last episode they got into it, and she threw a glass at his head. And they didn't show it because the camera crew wasn't there when it happened. They came probably like 30 minutes after. And she got like knots on the side of her head. She she scratched up, but he got this gash in the back of his head and glass all in his hair. Oh, that is too much. Please. It's way too much. And it's sad. It's sad and it's terrible. And they really need to separate. Um, but they were on the Shark Tank a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. and they started out with talking about um, 
this uh this episode that just aired and they wanted to know like what happened and Krishan didn't want to talk about it. So she got upset, you know, all all on top of her being drunk. Um and it was like a whole issue where um security ended up carrying her out. Oh my god. Yeah, he ended up doing the majority of the interview by himself. And the way that he Maybe we just shouldn't be doing this interview. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he I mean, he just he got to the point where he was over it and he was just like, either you're gonna do the interview or I am. And mm-hmm. yeah, because he got up and, and walked off and then she followed him, of course. And then he came back and he was just like, Man, take her outside. So then he ended up going back again because she kept calling him while they were trying to do the interview. So then he went backstage again. And that's when security went on ahead and picked her up and um, carried her out. She's like breaking shit on the way out and everything. Like it was pretty bad. He comes back. He does the majority of the interview by himself. And then she comes back for like the last 10, 15 minutes. But um, yeah, it was, it's, it's bad. It's, it's bad. Um, and like, of course, the majority of the interview, they're talking about their relationship. But not only does he have issues with his girl, he has issues with like his mom and sister and stuff. And that mm. got that got shown on the last episode. So yeah, it was like it was it was sad. It was it was sad. But and then when he's talking about it, he's just like he he's explaining the situation and blah blah blah. But he's just like, you know, but I love her to death. I love her to death. So I mean he sounds like a abuse. You know, yeah, love is not enough sometimes. So Right, and it's and it's sad, you know. And then they break up every other week. She got all these damn tattoos. I'm not surprised. It sounds. Oh right, I I do remember seeing a picture of like that. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. I was like, wow, that is way too much. What are we doing? Then she got his face on the side of her neck. So she got the face right here. She got the face right here. She got his name on her hand, and then and now she's pregnant. But they break up every other week, and he's not claiming. And a kid, like it's <clears throat> it's a mess. It's a complete and utter mess. I pray but, for that um, baby. <laughs> yes, yes, but yeah. So that was one of our um, topics. <laughs> All right. So y'all yeah. can tune in to the issue we talk to get more info on that topic for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And next week we well not next week but next time you know so I don't want to jinx it. So <laughs> next time. We'll be going over your your choice of movie here. Yeah. The Great White Hype. The Great White Hype. Yeah. All right. So, yes, that's it. This is episode 24 of Rumi's Reviewed in Movies. And we will see you guys next time for episode 25. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining.